Well, most times these stories write themselves. You know, things start off and you think they're gonna be one thing, but a lot of times they end up being another. When the last opportunity you get for somebody to do a story on you to say the spotlight is growing dim on Clark, you think it's kinda over. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favorite. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, and never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB precision, television, ain't asked for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Ooh, we got, got Smoothie Walk in too, though. We got Smoothie Walk in, my guy. Appreciate you, bro. Of course. Appreciate Good to be here, bro. Hey, man. Here. So, you know, we're doing it in a restaurant. Everybody, yes. this is Dan Orlowski. Obviously, you already know who the hell he is. <laughs> so... Are you gonna order food? It smells good. I'm not. I don't really eat breakfast or lunch. You know this. Well, I heard they got uh, dry chicken, uh, asparagus, ketchup? no seasoning. You do, but you know. So listen, you know ketchup's full of sugar, though. Yeah, but it's not like I'm drowning it in ketchup. It's just like a little dip. I'm a dip guy, not a scoop guy. So. Are you a double dipper though? Nah. Well, if it's for me, it's yeah, just for you. Yeah, it's just for you. Yeah, just but if it's just me. So here's what's cool, bro. You're, you're from Connecticut. I am. Right. You're a yeah. big star at ESPN now. Yeah, I said he's a big star at ESPN now. Um, but how do you get to that point? It ain't like Connecticut's a hotbed for superstar football players, which yeah. I did have. Well, y'all had uh, Jordan Reed, uh, yeah. played at Washington, yeah. from yeah. Connecticut. Good time, Obviously, uh, Aaron Hernandez yes. uh, is from here. Uh, it's like you. Is that the only three that's ever made it out I of Connecticut? I think we claim Steve Young a little bit. You know, he's from Greenwich, which is I didn't down, know that. Yeah, okay. down Greenwich. Uh, you know, his, his, I think it's great-grandfather is Brigham Young. Yeah, uh, it is. Yep. So I think we claim... I think we claim Steve. I don't know anybody else necessarily. Is AJ Dillon from here? Was AJ, AJ Dillon's from uh, here? He went to like a. You know what? He might be from Mass and went to like a private school. In okay. So AJ Dillon must have rushed for ten thousand yards in high school here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so high school, like I'm in a pocket called the Valley in Connecticut. Okay. Um, which is that is like, like a bougie area? No, 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 no. This is like hard hat. You know, like that's why you had your haircut like that when you <laughs> was a kid. <laughs> that just was trash, though. Your high school <laughs> dying blonde. <laughs> Uh, so, like, but high school football in that area is good for Connecticut, right? right. Uh, I mean, the simplest way I put it is I was the biggest and fastest person on my offense in high school. Um, fastest, I was, though. Bruh. Um, I ran, you know, in my, my senior high school, I was probably, like, legit 5'5". Five five. Okay. I didn't have a single receiver that was faster than that. Um, right. How'd y'all create <clears throat> offense? Guys got open, man. And again, the talent that we were playing against wasn't, right. you know, wasn't like the, the kids in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana era. And I was my biggest offensive player. Like I was six foot five, probably 195 pounds, 200 pounds. Yes. So you, so you know what? You were a big quarterback anywhere. In the yeah, country, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you were kind of anomaly here. Did you? Did any other schools other than Connecticut recruit you? Oh yeah. yeah. So um, I got offered from basically like everyone in the Big Ten, and then okay, uh, my recruiting story was. Um, I started getting recruited like back in the sophomore year, junior year. Started okay. to get letters from everybody. You know how that process yep. goes. And it's I, so and, different now too, man. Yeah. These, these kids don't even because of Twitter, they don't even really get what we got. What like recruiting how excited, is. How excited yeah. you were when you, you got get a letter, letter in the yeah. mail, yeah. Yeah. hand sign. 
Um, you know, I had no business to go to UConn, like no interest. I was like, I ain't going to UConn. I'm getting letters from Tennessee and Florida yeah. and Steve Spurrier and, and Philip, Philip Fulmer and all these schools in the Big Ten. And so I, I initially committed to Michigan State. And, um, and then my senior, like my junior year, they had this freshman, true freshman named Jeff Smoker that was lighting it up. Okay. I wanted to play early as a quarterback. I, I remember Jeff Smoker. Yep. yep. And I was like, I ain't going to Michigan State. So that following week, I decommitted from Michigan State. I went to visit per, to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, loved Purdue. Drew Brees was actually my host. Okay. Um, that Tuesday, I was calling Purdue that morning to commit to Purdue. Kyle Orton, and back then, Rivals was like the only yep. recruiting. Kyle Orton was like the number four recruit in the country. He committed that morning. So I was like, I ain't going to Purdue because I want right. to play. That following weekend, I took a visit to UVA, Virginia. Um, Matt Schaub was my host. I was going to commit, and then I went to the coach, uh, the meeting with the head coach, George Welch. He kept calling me Matt. Yeah. I called my dad, and at that time, yeah, I kind of got over the recruiting process. It was yeah. annoying, and um, UConn had stayed on me. I was like, I'm just going to go to UConn. I called my dad. I was like, I'm going to UConn. Right. This coach doesn't even know my name, and he didn't. My father didn't talk to me for two weeks. He was mad. He thought I was, like, scared of competition right. or whatnot, and right. I was like, dude, you just got to trust that. That's my decision. So being from here and going to school there. And you know the thing, too? Like, I think your dad has to only one of y'all play. Like, right. like that, that's the difference right. with, with, with quarterbacks. And, like, I remember, like, you saying all those names, though, bro, kind of brings it back to me how good all these dudes were in college. Well, Matt yeah. Schaub was a good pro. Obviously, Drew Brees, one of the greatest of all time. Right. But a guy like Kyle Orton. Really right? good player. Kyle Orton is a really good player in college, yeah. but a really good, but a, a good pro. Not necessarily yeah. a great pro, but a good pro. And, like, you have all these dudes, like, deciding to go to certain schools, and sometimes your school picks you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. Uh, I do something with, I work with Fred Taylor now, but my mom's a huge prayer, bro. And I didn't know what school I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Tennessee. The first thing she told me, she didn't look good in orange and it was really far. Okay. Right? I was like, my, I guess I can't go there, yeah, mom. Yeah. And so now it's Arizona. Uh, Alabama got on me late. And so LSU. And uh, then like Tulane, I went to a visit, but I wasn't sure. going there. Dog, I go to sleep. My, my mom wants to have a prayer circle. That was her thing. We're going to have a prayer circle. Me, my mom, my dad, right? So we have this prayer circle, bro. And that night, I have a dream that I'm on the sideline at LSU, okay. right? And the people rush the, the field. Prayers answered. Right, the, the people rush the field. Wake up the next morning, bro. I commit, I walk in, I tell my, my head coach at high school, I'm going to LSU. Yeah. I call Jerry Donardo, he's fired up. Freshman year, we're playing Florida. Florida's number one. Fred Taylor, uh, I forget who the quarterback was. But we beat them 28-21. And everybody rushes the field. And it was like deja vu. The dream. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, damn. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. all right. So you go to UConn. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you, did you play right away there? No. Uh, like my second game into my freshman year. So I went to UConn mainly. The reason is I loved the head coach. And also, like, I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. Because right. they were transitioning into, like, 1A football back then. And everyone right. said, you're crazy. You can't do it. And I just had gotten to that point where I'm going to prove everybody wrong type of thing. So my my first game ever was down at Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech, mm. the year after Michael Vick left. Right. You remember the names? Um, um, Kevin Jones. Yep. The tailback. Kevin Jones. Ryan the Randall. Yep. So those were the two, like, superstar recruits. So that was my first game ever. We played down there. I played a little bit in that game. And then the following week, I ended up being the starter and kind of mm. taking over from there. So you started for the rest of the week? Yeah. Is that, is that where you met Tiff? That's where you met your wife, No, too? I met my wife after college, my okay. uh, second year in the NFL. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So, so what's that like? You know, you meet your, you meet your wife, your second year in the NFL. 
you obviously trying to find, you get drafted with like fifth, just get drafted fifth like round, fifth round. Yeah. You get drafted in the fifth round. So you're obviously trying to find your way. You're, you're trying to become a starter because that's the, that's the goal yeah. for, for any quarterback. Yeah. You're trying to become a starter. What's it like, uh, you know, meeting your girl, still working yeah. to become the starter, and I guess eventually moving into starting a family. So, like, when I went to the league, I kind of had, like, a college girlfriend or whatever. We broke up, so this and that, and that was, like, the worst thing in the world type of thing. And I remember I was with um, guys like, you know, Mike Furry, who, you know, receivers coach in the NFL, John Kitten and Josh McCallum. Yeah. You know, those guys were great dude. Yeah. I mean, such sensational men. Incredible life mentors. Yeah. But also, like, really good football mentors. Right. I remember sitting down with those guys and Kitna and our team chaplain, Dave Wilson, and Kit was like, you know, I was talking about, like, I wanted to be a family man because those are the first, like, guys that I'd ever been around in my life that, like, were crazy competitive like you and I are. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I want to be the best at everything I do and want to be super competitive, but also, like, enjoyed being a father and enjoyed right. being a husband. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, the ball and chain. So, like, that was the first time the imagery of that for me. See, and seeing those things makes those, it, it makes you want that. It makes 100%. you say, you know what, I can be this on the field, I can be this in my job, but also live a life that I can be proud of and respected of as well. And joyful, yeah. and, and you're 100%. Like, I wanted that. Yeah. You know, they, they were different. So, you know, sitting down one day and Kitten was like, dude, write down something. Whatever you want in a wife, physically, emotionally, spiritually, write it down. Mm -hmm. so write it down and just spend time praying on it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was the offseason. That was my second year. I met Tiff, and I remember I, I saw her at a wedding from a kid that I played college football with. They went to high school together. We just happened to be at the same wedding. Right. I saw her at the reception. I turned around to my boy, Alfred Fincher. I was like, <clears throat> he played linebacker with me at school. I was like, I'm going to marry that girl. So you went right over shot to shot? No, no, no. I didn't talk the whole <laughs> night, bro. You, you should know me well. Come on, I don't got a game like that. Well, so. I, figured, I figured at that point, though, no. you dad I lost you the quarterback. It's yeah. <laughs> I was a complete dork. Um, so, like, we, we kicked it in a group setting the next day. My buddy got her number for me. Long story short, like, we talked every day for, like, the next two years. That's um, awesome. Didn't see each other because I lived in Michigan. She lived in Philly. Right. But I was growing up. Like, I was... I had to stop being Peter Pan, you right. know, and, and like grow up and do it right. And I was going to yeah. get married one time and right. um, that world. So, um, yeah, I met her. You know, it was, it, was, it was like this weird journey because like I wanted to be the best husband and man, but also like wanted to try and be, be a starter in the NFL yeah. like, and, and, and trying to strive at those, both those things. And we ended up getting married in 09. And then in 2011, basically, you know, I had the opportunity to play a little bit. The NFL like, told me like, you're not a starter. Right. You know, like in free agency. With yeah. the money, they said, you're a backup. Right. You know, and, and that was kind of a turning point for a lot of parts of my life. Yeah. So you, you, get, to, you get to that point, and so now you got, you got triplets. Yeah. First off, bro, I can't even imagine yeah. having triplets. No? Like triplets I, I had, in 2011. Yeah. Bro, I had one at a time. No? Yeah, man. And they, they make you miserable some days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't, you know, I was playing. Like, I had my babies young, so I'm yeah. playing, and my yeah. wife has to deal with these yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you get home, and she's like, well, Jordan did this, and Jaden did this. And, and you're like... <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, she'll call me on the road and be like, and when you get home, you better get on them. And you know, man, we get home from a road game. It's Sunday night. I'm like, yeah, it's 10 this happened on Saturday. Right, right? Yeah, I'm not going to wake these kids up and talk yeah, about that. Yeah. But, you know, like, that was the, the hard part of balancing ball and family. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, I always, uh, obviously, I follow you. And whether it's a Bible verse or whether it's something inspirational in the morning or just something about family, you always seem uh, to make sure that you are not only living that way, but also sharing those things. How important is it for you to not just be a man that does ball, a man that yeah. does TV, but somebody who others from the outside can look at and say, okay, these are his priorities and the things that are important to him. Yeah, I think it's probably the most important thing in my life. Right. Now, here's the thing. So, I come from a broken home. 
Okay. You know, like, um, my dad did a lot of really good things for me. Like, mm. he taught me work ethic and, and challenged me and perspective on a lot of things that are super important. But I right. came from a broken home. Okay. You know, I came from a home that, you know, I, I, see, I saw my dad get married and divorced like five times. Step-mom, step-siblings, all really? that stuff. Really? Okay. I didn't know my mother from the age of one on, you know, until I was like 22 years old. You know, and, and sports became everything in my home. Bro, first off. I never knew any of this. Yeah. Uh, this is crazy. So my, my parents split up when I was one. Okay. Um, and I've got two blood sisters, one of them at the age. So my, I had like visiting with my mom to like, I was like four or five years old. I'd see her like once a month or something okay. like that. Um, she, I grew up like 10 minutes from where she lived. Um, and it wasn't, it just wasn't a, like a healthy home, whatever. Right. right. And then from the age of like four on, my mother and my oldest sister, I'd never, I'd never saw again. I lived with my father and my middle sister. Okay. Um, and so, like, sports became my everything. Yeah. You know? and, and it also became, like, well, my family's everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I, I don't recall as a kid ever moments, and I didn't really know this until I got older. Okay. I think I, I felt it and had emotion from it outwardly, but I didn't know this until I got older. Like, I never felt like a, a kid. I never felt, like, loved, so to speak, okay. unless it was performance with sports. You know, right. like, so that, and that makes you want to excel like sports, though. Absolutely. Because, because that's what you draw love to. That's what you draw accomplishment to. Yeah and, that, yeah, and that was great. And it drove me. And I think it had negative impact. Some negative effects as I got older. Now, yeah. team sports saved me in that regard. So I know what it's like to have that feeling as a kid. I don't mm. want my kids to ever feel that. Right. You know, like I, and I, I, I don't want my kids to ever have that feeling of like, well, my dad only is interested in this in me or only loves me because right. of this and this. And so that's why I'm... No, big, it also puts pressure on those things, though. Like, no if, if you think this is the way this this is the way I have to battle for love, then every time you do that certain thing, you associate it with that. Yeah, which is sure. unhealthy as well. For sure, right? And, and I think it's it's a focus point of mine. To, you know, to, to like again going back to like the Kitnas and Josh McCowns and Mike Furries, like those guys were able to do the both. Mm-hmm. Of them, you know, and that's what was so different to me about it. Yeah, and how they loved on their wife, and it didn't make them soft. Right, and that they. They, I mean, I remember watching these kids. They had, they had, they had grown. Like, I don't want to say grown kids, but like kids that weren't babies. Right. And I remember watching them embrace their kids and love on their kids. Yep. And watching the impact it had. But then we would be basically dog cussing each other, not literally, no, but while like, we're competing like in, each in, other. in your face, like and, yeah, and so, aggressively. And I, you know, yeah. even to this day, I ask those guys for advice when it comes to like, how do you push? And I think I've talked to you about yeah. this and Marcus. Like, how did you guys get to the point where you pushed your kids and the things that they loved to be yeah. great at something while also not getting them to hate you or dislike yeah, once, you? No. no, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard, and I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. You also, you also saw them love on their kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I only have one son, and you know this, and, 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 and as I know it, when you love something the way we love football, yeah. there's a certain purity and a certain level of effort you want to see your kids give no to doubt, it. Dude. Right? So the thing with me with Jordan was like, you either play it and play it the right way or you don't play it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. You know, like that was like we could do we could do basketball, baseball, right. soccer, all those things. But I know this, and there's a certain level and there's a certain sense of of, of work, a certain sense of pride you gotta take in what you do with yeah. that. And so we would butt heads in that, sure. and then we'd go eat and love on each other and yeah. hug and laugh, but yeah, that yeah. was the thing. And it's so, it was so cool. I just did something with him, and, you know, they asked him a question about mindset. And he was like, well, in order to be, you know, in order to be, to be elite, you got to have elite habits, yeah. right? And it, made, and it made me proud. And they were like, did you teach him that? Take you back in time. Yeah, I was like, did yeah. you teach him that? I was like, not really. I was like, I've never said those words to him. I was like, but that's the way I portrayed the yeah. work to him. Yeah. And so 
I think, you know, listen to you talk about the things you saw in Kitna, the things you saw in McCown, and kind of wanting to emulate those things, those aren't often things we hear about football players, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Like, those, those aren't the stories uh, that are told. And so, you know, you say, what, 2000, they say 2011 was when you felt like, you know, you were... Football-wise, you, you, yeah. Football-wise, you were, you were a backup and things, yeah. and things changed then. When did you start planning for, like, the second act of your life then? Yeah, I think, so... It's funny, I didn't. I never started playing until the second act of life until like 2017, that fall. That was was, your last year, right? Yeah, but I was subconsciously planning for it since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So like I was a a good athlete. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could pick up any ball and it was going to be, I was going to be average at it, hand-eye coordination skill. I was pretty unathletic. Mm -hmm. I I was six foot five, I ran a six two into 40, I couldn't jump at all. So like, I quickly learned in high school, like, dude, if you're going to do something with this, it ain't going to be because your physical talent, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I learned how to not watch film, but study film. Mm-hmm. And so like lear- studying film and studying defenses for 13 years in the league and like different offenses and how to get advantages. I went to UConn. Right. We had to figure out ways to beat teams that were more talented than right. us, right? So yeah. like studying tape and I know what you're doing before you do it. So then it's advantage me. You know, and so I think I was getting prepped for this, the, the, the television, or at least the teaching football world, yeah. kind of like my football life career. But I didn't, I'm a person who's like, I can't really think, I'm a big picture viewer, but I can't put my, um, I can't put like my efforts into something unless I'm in it. Okay. You know, like, so when I was in football, man. You were like, in football. I was getting paid to play football. So yeah. that's where I was. And I was mm-hmm. going to figure out the next thing because I could figure out the next thing. And then when I got done, I had some coaches call me and be like, I want you to come coach immediately. Right. Um, Coach Caldwell was one of those coaches. I, I have a question. Like, do you think, and I don't mean to cut you off, Dan, you? do you think the the life of a backup and having to be prepared at any instance without without getting the type of repetition the starter gets is why a lot of backups become good coaches or why a lot of coaches seek out backups to do that job? Yeah, because I think as a backup, I've, you know, first of all, personality-wise, you got to bring value to the locker room. Right. You know, your, your performance on the field usually doesn't matter because you're not going to get the opportunity. Yeah. How do I get along with the 22-year-old who just got drafted, who's got 10 million bucks, who wants to hang out in the city all night, and the 33-year-old who's at home with four kids? Like, right. How do I connect with both those guys at the same time? Yeah. Because that matters. Uh, how, you know, like, again, how do I get the third-string tight end to understand football who's as dumb as rocks yeah. the same way our second-string tailback does who's brilliant? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how, how do I get that communication and messaging and teaching and learning different ways to get people to see the same thing in a different aspect. Yeah. So I think that that certainly helps like guys get ready for coaching and it de- definitely helped me in television, you know? Yeah. And I think once I got done playing, <clears throat> you know, I got those coaches and I was like, I'm not ready to dive into the coaching world, you know, just because yeah. of the young family. And and um, that's when I started to do stuff on social media, bringing mm-hmm. tape down. because That felt, was like the first place I saw it. Yeah, yeah. That, I had believed that people wanted that stuff. Mm -hmm. I felt in my heart because the more we know about something, the more we're interested in it, the more we're entertained by it. And I felt like the more people really learned about and knew football, the more that they would be uh, appreciative of it, so to speak. And that's kind of what started that kind of process for me, you know? Yeah, so you started in 2018. Spring 18. So what did you sign on to do right out the gate, though? So at ESPN, so I went through all the process, networks, I chose ESPN. I signed on to do like college football broadcasting games wise, yep. and then like I think fifty studio days, and it okay. was going to be like a. a could it be college pro whatever? Yeah, a little okay. bit of. I did college football live. I did you know get was, up? Was, did it. was eighteen? Was the year get up really really started? Huh? Yeah. Or was so it nineteen? Uh, no, I think it was like seventeen, maybe spring of seventeen, okay. and then okay. eighteen was when get up was still. It was still a struggling. 
property, I guess. Yeah, and then and that's that's kind of when it changed from what the original thought thought right. was, and then they added all the analysts yeah. to the show. Yep. And shoot, that was to me where like I felt like okay, like this dude has something, and it was, and it was different because no one had that type of passion for that part of the work. Yeah. And you know, we talk about all the time. Like I love film, mm-hmm. right? And I now you know now we're watching. I'm like, oh yeah, like that's exactly what's happening. And I think sometimes. That's the thing I'm always looking for because I know when somebody's lying to me. Yeah. Right? Like, I know when it's not cover three. You know, I know when it's not too high. And I think the thing that you always did that was good, it wasn't so much about what I could draw as about what I can communicate. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know what I mean? That's always like, that. that's kind of what my heart was in. You know, it's so, like, the genesis of it I, I kind of talked about. But then as I got into it, it was so important to me. Like, I love doing it. I do. And people often ask me, like, have, have you, like, cured your competitive edge? Yeah. And I don't know how you feel about this, but, like, nothing makes me happier or right. brings me more joy when I find something on yeah, tape that no. someone else can't. Like, right. I, I get, we do the, you know, we do it on television a little bit, like. Bird, what's up, man? You and you guys exist. We, we still do. exist. <laughs> well, you know what it's like to be seen every day. Yeah, yeah you for, like, know what it is, years. Back when I, you know. Back when you guys were playing, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. doing a thing on Andre Ryzen. Now, those were the days that I was on every day. Right, yeah, yeah. Man, how we doing? Good, man. Good, how are man. you doing? I rode the bike yesterday morning, and I, and I, I heard it all. Yeah, yeah. this is always good. Catch every, but Mondays are a good day to ride the bike and not listen to music. Turn on. Turn on off. Who's better than you? Well, and I go back from like at 10 o'clock, so it's both the both shows, which are on both. It's like, yeah, yeah. Can I get really it's crazy? It's hey. Chris, hey, Burb, it's the same show twice. Yeah. We just do the same show twice. Yeah. Four hours straight. <laughs> it's just a different look. It's like writing a paper for college. I was a history major, but sometimes you had the same show, but you boil it differently. Yeah. You know, of course. It's like, How can I say the same thing three different ways? Absolutely. Oh, oh, I, 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 I think on Sunday night, so we do prime time. Yeah. You do prime time. Even now. Then I do the thing that runs on the pregame, but that's the plays of the day. But right. don't do the halftime. Other than the, and then it's halftime. Yep. And then sometimes take something else, your opinion on something, just look in the camera and share it. But you've done the. Okay, but just let me. Hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you like to regroup it. Like, okay, so all the playoff stuff's ending, other than that game, which was unbelievable right, yeah. at the end. But I don't, it ends during our show. I don't know that the Niners will beat the Rams until like, right. I, I, like I don't know. Well, yeah, but I, I can't. So what does that mean in the play? I, 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 no. I haven't thought about it yet. I'm in the middle of doing a Seahawk. I mean, yeah, for all about this game, yeah. So yeah. It, it, hey, the more you can do, the more you can. They keep Amen, bro. You're the best man, man. Have a good one, Bird. Happy, happy playoff. Hey, Thank man. you, brother. Good, good, to, good see to see you. Happy New Year. Good to see you, bud. Yes, sir. See? Yeah, man. Bristol, yeah. man. Yeah. You just, you just um, never know. I don't even know where we were now. I was talking about, oh, talking like, about, uh, Talking about touchscreens, yeah, right. Yeah, like, nothing brings me, like, that's my competitive feel in many ways Bro, right I now. Wish, I wish people could see you before, right? Yeah. Like, like, hopping around. Yeah. Like, like getting, getting ready to go. It's the closest thing I've had to being, like, in the game. Like, that, yeah. that juice, that flow, and... And it's live. You, you don't get the opportunity to do it 14 times. You get one shot. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this. Like, when you do a show on television, there's a lot of different ways because of the internet nowadays yeah. where people can come and intake what yeah. they're gonna, whatever. They, you get 38 minutes. 
You know, mm-hmm. like I gotta be captivating and right. earn people's attention for 150 right. seconds, you know? And I don't get that back if do you I think, mess it up. Do, do you think there's, do, do, do you feel the pressure of, of having been a backup quarterback? Uh, obviously having, I guess, the, the fame or the infamy of running out of the back of the end zone and people always pointing to certain things like that when you are talking about quarterbacks, right? Because, yeah. because like, even with me, I played 13 years, I made a Pro Bowl, I won a Super Bowl, but I'm not Troy Palomalu, right? Sure. I'm, not, I'm not Ed Reed. And so there's almost this, there's almost this need for people to, uh, to diminish you your down. knowledge sure. or, or, or diminish your validity yeah. based on that because they feel like we're talking about players that, that, didn't, that, that, that we can't do what they're doing. Yeah. But in the other sense of it, I feel like your ability to dissect film and communicate the film takes it out of, this is Dan Orlowski. Sure. I'm telling you what the film said. Yeah. And, I, and I, thought, I thought that was the amazing way you started doing TV yeah. and kind of what's propelled you to now being on NFL Live, being one of the big time guys on Get Up, having a day on first take. Uh, my, my thoughts on that are this. I see people criticize LeBron. If you're going to criticize you have, LeBron, he's the... <laughs> you know, my, my dad's whole thing is, they didn't like Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> you know so, like, I ain't going to please everybody type of thing. Right. I, I'm conscious of that. And I tell people all the time, like, if that's your belief, it's my job to change your mind. Okay. Like, I got to be good enough to change your mind. And you right. got to be open-minded to, to kind of get that. Um, and I, I just... You know me well enough. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that can do what I do. What you got, brother? This is what I meant to tell both of you. You can't... Can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. <laughs> Forty years. Hey. I'm gonna have to get that on a shirt. Yeah, hey, I know, right? That's, that, that should be the boomer t-shirt. I, I, I don't know if I invented it, but I'm proof. I right? like it. Yes, sir. You know what? Uh, Joe Judge, your favorite. You know, I, I saw uh, him. Uh, uh, I know. I love when one has a point that the other. Yeah, especially Dan. It's such a pained look. Like, if it's a, obviously on that show. You say dramatic. On that show, you're supposed to. You say, you, you, I got this, I got, I get it. Right? Yeah. TV is. The TV is entertainment. Yeah. Right? So. It's a visual. But it's like such a pain expression. Not so much Ryan. It's always battle with the bow tie. When Dan's listening to BS, the expression is for sure pain. It's always like. He's always like, I don't know what the hell dude's talking about. Which I love, though, because we know immediately. Let's go to Dan and yeah, get his we got on. something. Yeah. yeah. We got uh, something. It's like a pain expression. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that and you're saying it. No, yeah. Expect nothing less from the valley again. There we go. <laughs> there's the valley. The valley, man, all the time. Um, yeah, like, you, like, I just don't think there's anybody in the world that can do what I do. I just I don't. I agree with that. Football-wise, and I don't think there's people that, I don't think there's anybody that's going to put the work in. And that is that an egotistical comment? Yes. Um... But I don't think there's anybody that's going to put that work in to figure out, okay, what's going on? What, what, how does it look? All that stuff. And um, I take a lot of pride in that, man. Yeah, you, know? you do. I, and I mean, I think that's what, you know, I came to you before the season and I was like, Dan, bro, we should do like duo touchscreens. Yeah. Like, we should do touchscreens together. I and was lukewarm with it. No, no, first, I, yeah. I, I remember you was like, ah, oh, RC. But I got it, though, too, from the sense of you put so much time into that and you do such a good job. And that's also what's become synonymous with your analysis, right? Like people know, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna give us great thoughts, he's gonna give us great insight, but there's nobody who does what he does with the film. And I just kept, I was like, bro, just give me a try. I, yeah. was like, I was like, just trust me. Just because I was always, I've done it the last four years on SVP, and I had to do so much offense. Right. 
And I was like, and I, and I can do offense, right? Obviously, I know how they're attacking. Sure. I don't know what was communicated in the meeting, though, yeah, right? Yeah, what yeah. would have been communicated in the huddle? But I know that defensively. Right. And I was like, bro, I'm telling you, we do it. And so we do it the first week. And I remember you hit me up the next day, and you was like, hey, dog. Yo, that was dope. Yeah, he's like, yeah. this is all right. And just the, just the energy that, like, right. nowadays we stand. So when you first came to me, I think it was like, um, you know, like it was a little bit of like, this is mine. You know, I got like that. This yeah, is, this is mine sure. a little bit. And then I had to, you know, I think you did a good job of like, I'm not tr like getting me to trust you, but I trusted you like, and I, I said this, someone tweeted at me this morning because they were like, man, I think the cool thing is that Dan brings people I in nowadays. I, I, I saw somebody And I that. sent them back to me like, no, nah, this was an RC thing. Like, and sports taught me that we is better than me, but RC taught me that in television. Yeah. I think one of the best things that's happened to like me this year in my career uh, when it comes to television, it's like, and I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but like attaching myself to you in that regard, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I think that that segment has become oh, it's such a big deal on a weekly basis for people, and it's, yeah. not, it's made me better. Mm -hmm. um, you've taught me, like, the whole, you know, like, there, it's such a fine balance of trying to take the nerdy part of football and the X's and O's part of football. And make it and, fun. And make it fun and entertaining. Yeah. And you taught me that this year, and so... You know, I think it was like a learning moment for me, certainly like individualized moment, but like the, the year is like, it's always better when it's we and us in different perspectives yeah. rather than single. Well, I think, I, think, I think the other piece of it is too, is that TV, at least what, what we've had the ability to do, right? When you think NFL Live, you go uh, get up. Shoot, we've hosted First Take yeah. the last four, three or four Mondays. I think what we've learned to do is that you got to embrace differences. Yeah. And you can only embrace differences when you respect people. Remember the first Tuesday, we had NFL Live, which was something we begged for. Right. right? The whole, to get five people on set. The whole set. season, we was like, yep. dog, we promised we could do it. And I remember being a little nervous day one because I was like, man, if we F this up, right? Like if the time, because what I never wanted them to do was to say, okay, this segment, Ryan, you're off. Yeah. This segment, Dan, you're off. Right. I was like, I don't want them to have to squeeze us in. And I remember we did the first segment and I go, and you was like, man, that was good, man. I was like, it's because we respect each other. Yep. And I think that respect has to grow because it's funny. I think back to your first year when you slapped me at the Super Bowl, right? So I was pissed. I ain't gonna lie, bro. And it was so funny. <laughs> I remember when you did it. I kind of just ate it. Pause on, on, on screen, right? We were, we were on site. We, we, we were, we were down Bowl. in uh, Super Bowl. Miami. We were in Super Bowl. Yeah. And they was like, and they telling me, RC, run over, run over, right? So I run over and I'm talking to you with my hands and you slap my hand. And I remember my first thought was like, I'm about to punch the piss out of that, <laughs> right? And so I remember going back to the hotel, dog, and it just eating at me. I was like, I was like, he freaking slapped me on television. On television. Yeah. You know? And, and we it, didn't know each other that well no, at this point. Remember, we, we, we had never worked with each other. Right. I would see you in the, in the uh, cafeteria right. when, on Sundays yeah, when we yeah, watch yeah. games. But we didn't really know each other at that time. And that was also, too, though, I was trying to battle my ego. Yeah. Right? Because I was like, I know he wasn't trying to fight me. Like, I know, I, like I'm saying, I know it wasn't those things. And I was like, man, like, if we're ever, like ever going to be cool, just because I know how I am, I was like, I got to tell him. Yeah. You know, so I was like, yeah. I just got to just tell him how I feel. And I remember Marcus like, nah, man, Dio's cool. I was like, I know he's cool, Marcus. Right. I was like, but if I let this sit on my heart, the next thing he does, I'm going to go nuts. It's going to be bad. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I think it was like those conversations. And you confronted what, me over it. Yeah. Well, you told me next time I ever do that to you on television, yeah, we'll on fight. television, you go punch me. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying, though, I think, though, it, it's those conversations to me. It was your humility and understanding, all right, RC, like, I feel you. Yeah. And it not being like this and then kind of having an opportunity to grow from that and then watching you work 
in the way that you do care for the people you work with. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so, like, to me, and I've done this. I did it two years when I played, bro. I did it six years afterwards. This has been the biggest year of growth for me. Yeah. You know, I feel like that I've grown a lot just because we've had opportunities to work together. Well, so back to that moment, you know, I think the, the, my, one of my favorite qualities in a human being is like a person who can be themselves all the time, like not, yeah. not pretend. And then I love conflict because I think you grow from conflict. You know? <laughs> Only there with love yeah. conflict. Well, when you called me, it was good for me because I think in that moment, even in life, I felt like, well, everybody is going to be like, like me, so to speak. Like, I wanted everyone to be like me. And I think right. when I did that to you, like, I learned, well, not everyone's like you, Dan. Like, yeah. you can't do that to just anybody. Right. You got to earn that from someone. Yeah. You got to earn that relationship. Yeah, like, if you did it now, I'd bust out laughing. For sure. You, <laughs> you got to earn that relationship right. yeah. and, and whatnot. But that was a good growing moment for me. And I agree. Like, I've learned so much about myself and, and, and not only, like, you guys that we work with every mm. day, but through you guys about a lot of different people. I mean, I was a kid, I mean, I've said this to you guys, like I was a kid that grew up in a predominantly white area and yeah. I, I didn't spend a lot of time up until college with people who didn't look like me. Right. You know, and I've had so many conversations with you and Marcus about, about that, like mm -hmm. about like people who don't look like me, people who didn't grow up like me. Yeah. I think it was a pivotal growing moment for me as a person, you know, in that moment and also this year, but also on television, you know, mm -hmm. like you said it that week, that the respect thing, I think it is the number one differing factor, and I'd say this again pridefully, with NFL Live and so much of what is on. Yep. It's like the, the respect that we have for each other mm -hmm. and what, he, what you said was the respect that we have to listen to one another. Yeah. Because we're actually interested in what the other person is exactly. going to say, I think was so big. Well, and I think the other part that has been beautiful about what we've been able to do this year is, is, is that the respect has been born from communication, though. Mm -hmm. Right, because I know what you're doing all the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Like I know, I know that you're studying film. Yeah. I know that you're watching film. I know that you might ask the question, IRC, what do you think's happening here? Or we ask Marcus, Marcus, up front, you know what's going on? Or Mina, or Mina gives us numbers. Or Laura just tells us about freaking actual TV. Right, right. And so there's been so much growth and synergy there. But it's also like this person respects me. Yeah, I respect them. And on the other side, I want to see y'all win. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the 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 way that we all root for one another, right? right? Like, we have learned, like, and, I, and I've always felt this way, Dan's greatness doesn't take away from mine. I've learned that this year, though. That, really? That, oh, yeah, yeah. I, that was a struggle for me, you know? Like, because, again, um, the ego is part of it. The this is mine, the part of it. I want me, 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 me. Mm. And that's why I said into that tweet, like, RC has taught me that we is better than me this year mm. is because... When you see, it's almost like in sports, you hear it too. Like in team sports, we always hear individual awards become from team success. Yes. Like I, I've realized that the better our show does, the more that it allows each person to, to be, you know, filled with the pride of, of the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, I think also to this, RC, like if I'm not sitting there on television and that's, this isn't for television. If I'm not interested in what you're saying, how the heck is the person watching? 100%. You know, it's like, yeah, they, 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 but they look at our reactions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, our, our reactions and our attentiveness to one another Impacts matters. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest, bro. I have been on set, dog, and legit not knowing what to say next because I wasn't listening to the person. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, they'll be talking yeah. and I'll be like, dang, like, I wonder how Justin Herbert feels this morning yeah. knowing that he threw for 384 and they lost. And then they're like, what do you think, RC? I'm like, oh, shoot. Uh, Chargers are good. Yeah, and we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the Bears. You know what I mean? But I think that 
the, the thing, and I have to give ESPN credit for this, right? I remember when the idea was floated that NFL Live would have a crew. Right. It's like, I've worked here longer than anybody. Right. Like, I was part of the shuffling of it, right? Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, dang, I don't want to get lost in that shuffle. You don't want to get lost in the shuffle of being a rotational guy. Yeah. Right? But then I remember when the team was picked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they didn't pick me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, you talk about like ego, I can be honest, like mine kicked in that day. Because sure. I'm sitting there and it wasn't, and it was almost like the Pro Bowl to me. And I'll say it from this situation or from this standpoint. I didn't think any of you shouldn't have been picked. Sure. I just thought I should have been too. Yeah. Right? Like that, that was, yeah. was my mindset. Like, yeah. yeah, Mina belongs, Marcus belongs, Dan belongs. Obviously, Laura's the best host in TV, but I belong there. No doubt. And so like, that was one of those things, like when I got to do Friday and like we loved Friday and then we all continued to get closer. And I was like, nah, man. I was like, I want to be a part of that. I was like, yeah. I feel like when you pick those people, you're saying those are the people that you want America to see every day represent you. Yeah. And I wanted to be a part of that. And that's what's been just absolutely amazing about this year, bro. But you're, you're great, right? So you're great with touchscreens, telestrations, you're excellent on TV, and just simply giving your opinion and perspective. I think you're one of the best in the world calling games. Shoot, I've had people text me, actual coaches text me, hey man, do you have Dan's number? I love to tell him how great he's doing, which is dope. Like, I take pride in that. No doubt. Like, it ain't never me being like, nah, I ain't got Dan's number. Right. Hell yeah, let me yeah. connect it's you right now. For sure. It's yeah, like, let me, so what's, what's the goal for you? Like, when you think of your dream job with TV, what would that be? And if it's not that dream job, do you ever, like, get that itch, bro, to be in the locker room, to be in the meeting room, to be on the sideline? I get the itch to be in the locker room, on a sideline, in a meeting room every single day. Okay. Um, I look at television as being that very much so. Like, I'm, I'm teaching that in, in the regards. Um, I got four kids. Three of them are young boys that are yeah. 10. Like, yeah. right now, that's my locker room. Right. When I go coach, oh, no. absolutely. I, hey, bro, I know that's the yeah. locker room, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. It smells like one. Sounds <laughs> right. like one. Right. Uh, like, I would go coach for sure, but, like, it's going to have to be, like, a really good situation, like, mm-hmm. r- ideal situation. But I have that itch every day. What's my end goal like? So when I got into this, my, my goal was I wanted to be, a like, a, a trusted and respected voice when it came to talking about football. Right. And I, I hope that I've accomplished that. Well, that's not even a question. Right. I, yeah. I think the, the goal is moving target, man. Like, we're in such an ever-changing media world, you yeah. know, where it's like, well, there's so many like different... Because it, it used to be, I got to get on the Sunday show. For sure. Yeah, you know, 100%. I just think it's, it's, it's an ever-changing goal. Um, I love calling games. I absolutely love it. I want to be on a, a, a very important game yeah, weekly. I agree. I don't know if it's the most important game. I agree. But a very important game weekly. Um, listen, I, I'm, listen, you can say it, and, and I'll say it. I mean, I say it. You won't say it. Bro, there's no way you should be in Starkville for Mississippi State Vanderbilt ever in life. No, that's it's a like, tough trip. Like, like that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, no way my dog should be sitting next to the toilet with Brown and then have C-32B. brown water in, in his in his hotel. Brown water, <laughs> brown water in the shower. Like this ain't real, you know right? What I'm that's after doing television Monday, Tuesday, right. Monday, Thursday. Um, so yeah, that and like honestly, dude. Like I had this conversation with my wife because my, you know, like I, I'm in a contract year and all that yeah. stuff, and I had a conversation. Oh yeah, we wait. We waiting on you to set the bar, coach. We're uh, <laughs> waiting on you to set the free agent. I'll do my market. best. Yeah, no. I know what it's like to be Dak Prescott. Hey, no. don't, don't take a set list. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> we don't now. want to. Um, like I was having this conversation with my wife the other day, and it was like having the getting the opportunity to work with the people that I do on a daily basis, the Monday Get Up crew, and then the Everyday NFL Live crew. I don't know if I could put a value on that, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I could place a monetary value on that. And so there, that matters you yeah. know, for me. And, and, and am I going to be fulfilled work-wise 
and doing something else that might be greater. But it's, oh, right, you know, yeah. or with different people. I like, got you. You know, like <clears throat> throughout this, I don't know, kind of like two to three year journey, but certainly this year, like, um, you guys have become family. Like that, that show 100%. has become family, right? Also, it's my locker room. It's a, it's a show of underdogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so like, us, like none of us walk in as sure. Hall of Famers. Right. And Mina is, is, is a woman. Right. Like you have to be honest. Yeah. Like, Mina's a woman in this world. For sure. And people she's are going, a superstar. Oh, she's a star. Right. And but people are always going to doubt her. People come at Laura, right? Marcus is going to have his Everyone's thing. Everyone's hungry your, in a way. Absolutely. Innately you know? hungry. So yeah. I don't know what the, like the exact... A, a, like end goal is you know mm-hmm. I just want to continue to do good work and put do good t- content and yeah. kind of you know set new standards and I think we did that like I feel like we've set new standards every year when I certainly the what I've been a part of like get up we set a new standard yep. touch screens we set a new standard you and I touch screen this year we set a new standard so right. like every year we're starting a new thing that is becoming yeah. a new like expectation and standard right. that no one else is doing. Bro, what's, what's so crazy is I was thinking about next season yeah. already and I was like... How are we going to top it? I was like, well, I was like, what can we do that this doesn't become... Because now it's, it's expected that it's going to be great, right? It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be informative. But it was even like the day we had Marcus. Like, that's a, a different a mm-hmm. different layer. Mm-hmm. And the other point, the other part I think of too is like, we have like the Monday Get Up crew or Get Up crew or Get Up in general, it's... It's, it's been great, but we've never gotten out of character. Right. It's, it's gotten better, right? Right, And we've gotten more chemistry, but it's never gotten out of character. Dan's always, hell, Rex is always on brand. Right. I'm always RC, you know? And I think when we moved to first take, like the first day, I was a little nervous. Yeah. Just because we aren't Stephen A. and Michael Irvin. Right. Right, so the people that turned, tuned in on Monday for that was going to get something totally different. Yeah. And like I remember leaving that day and being on the phone, and I was like, man, I just talked football, four hours with my homeboy. Yeah. You know, like, I, I never felt like I was working or I had to hold up some standard of what they were because yeah. I was talking to you. I think and, the reception to it was was real, too, as yeah. well. You know, I, I said this to you on television the other day, and it's something I'm not good enough at yet. I think you and Marcus are the best mm-hmm. at it that I work with. You guys are unapologetically unabashed yourself all the time. Yeah. You don't say things to get reactions. You don't say things to mm-hmm. get fan bases to like you. But you, you know that because you talk to us all the time. For sure. Yeah. But like, I, like, I gotta, like, that's something that I sit back and I watch and I have such an appreciation for because mm. I'm not there yet. Like, yeah. I'm not. And I think that's one of the things that is the best, you're, you're one of your guys' best qualities. And that's why I think that, like, people gravitate towards watching you guys. Yeah. It's like, I may not like it and I may not agree with it, right. but I know he's not BSing me. Right. I got, and that's something that, like, as a peer, I'm sitting there watching, like, how do I get better at that? You right. know what I'm saying? Well, listen, you're one of the best uh, to do what you do. And I think one of the best to ever do it, but I just have one question. How do you fall in love with Carson and Baker and we all know that Matt's your friend? All right. Um, So Matthew, like my friendship matters. It does to me. Like Matthew is, uh, I tell people all the time, like Matthew's one of the the best humans I've ever been around. Talented beyond words, but like one of the best humans. And Matthew and I shared conversations that like I just hadn't shared with conversations. Yeah, real life. So there's an endearing factor. Is my judgment of Matthew Stafford clouded? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've said this like, if that's the case, then that's the case. I'm right. not, I'm not, I'm never going to turn my back on Matthew. I'm always going to ride I, with Matthew. I'm with that. I'm, I'm like, so that's a guy. flaw. That's a, that's a, that's a professional <laughs> flaw. I think the thing with Carson Wentz was this, you know, like um, my wife's from Philly. Yeah. When they had like Philly and Dallas, I never knew what the rivalry was right. until my wife, I lived in Philadelphia right. with my wife and Wentz and Dak in the same year and all that yeah. stuff. I probably got like too emotionally attached to Carson Wentz. Right. Uh, never met him, 
because of that Philadelphia connection. I get that, and like I, like the, the first year that I was in television. You, you knew what that John was about. Yeah, I knew what that John was about. <laughs> that first year I was in television, it hit. Right. Like I did the whole trash bag segment, yeah, Carson Wentz. Yeah, <laughs> you called me out on that as well. And I probably became too like emotionally attached to it. There, I was like, "Well, I can't turn my back on it now. Yeah, I'm, too, I'm right. in. I'm in." Right. I, th- I do think the the appreciation on the field was Carson did things that I could never do. Like, yeah, Matthew did as well, but Carson went talent wise, physically, agree. he just and that's I marveled why you at it. Second overall, yeah, yeah, like I marveled at it, and I always believed that that was going to be something that he consistently did and right. and, and, and was and. And, um, you know, I think that because it hit so early on and I felt that rivalry between Callis, Cowboys fans and Dak Prescott, yeah. it was like I was in. You know, right. I was in, I was in, I was in. With Baker, you know, I, I just think Baker's a good player. And, you know, it goes back to a little bit of SRC, too. Like, when I first got into this, one of my goals was to get people to understand that there was a difference between great quarterbacks and awful quarterbacks. Yes. Like some quarterbacks are just good. Right. You know, there's Tom Brady's not the only great one, and not every quarterback that's not it's, great stinks. It's terrible. I mean, that makes and, sense. And there's other great coaches other than Bill Belichick yeah. as well, you know? And so, like, part of it was, like, to get people to understand, like, there's just sometimes there's just good players. Right. Just because they're not the greatest or the best doesn't mean they suck. Right. You know, and I think that's my thing with Baker is, like— Which we do sometimes, though. For sure. If, 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 you're, if you're not elite and we think you can win a Super Bowl, we really want to throw you away. We want to move on. Like, yeah, Kirk we college football playoff you. Yeah, like, you know, Kirk Cousins has actually played really well this year. We never talk about it. Good player. He's, but he, he, because he's in the middle, right? right? He's a good player. He almost, like uh, Kanye, who's going absolutely crazy now, like has a line in the song. And it's one of my favorite lines in any song. He says, he says, everybody feels a way about yay, but at least you feel something. Yeah. You kind of never, like the middle is a tough place. Like the middle yeah. is a tough place for us to analyze. That's a good, that's a good analogy. You know, yeah. you know like the middle is a tough place for us to analyze because it's like, yeah, Kurt, like I don't think he's terrible, right. but he's not great. Right. You know, and so. And no one wants that though. Right. And so, and so, and that's, and, and so the reason, that's the reason we stay on these sides yeah. of it. Yeah. Like if you can't be here, we almost have to talk about you like you here. But I think. It's, it's interesting to hear you say what you said about Carson because I get that. And I think my, my last question this before I let you go, man, who's the Super Bowl winner? I think the Super Bowl winner is going to be, uh, I'm going to say Tennessee. I've, I've not rode them all season ignorantly, yep. if they're healthy. Yep. Caveat that. They got the Monstars. Two, two, two receivers in the running. They got back. to have the Monstars on the outside. I will say Tennessee, and I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers. Who wins? I think they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. All right. We take it. My the dog. storybook ending. My dog, I appreciate you, brother. Man, this bro. is amazing. I love you, bro. I love you too, my boy. Yeah. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13. I ain't got to be favorite. Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB precision, television, ain't ask for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Thanks for